0: another episode of the church live podcast the podcast where we expose the lives of the church one scripture at a time i am your host ernest Wills, aka edub and i'm joined by my wonderful co-host
1: hey what up this is doc aka um i, I don't i don't i keep i keep forgetting like that there's like a there's other names that i could do after the aka i just kind of forget you
0: gotta so just you stick gotta
1: with I do Start.
0: have to write it down. I, I, I got <laughs> you have to
1: write it down. I don't even use for notes. I just write random stuff on it. So I I guess. Yeah, this is this smell AKA, aka your favorite DJ, even though I don't DJ, but I like to think about it though.
0: Oh. Alrighty. So we're gonna get um right into it today. We wanna to appreciate um, all of our listeners, uh, our audience is growing, so we want to appreciate everybody who is listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, and, you know, just talking about the podcast again. Uh, our purpose is to expose the lies of church doctrine, things that we've been taught in church that have um, basically destroyed us because hey, it, it has to be true. You know, the things that we believe that have to be true. And so we are doing that now and we are dealing with Christmas. We are dealing with the lie of Christmas that Jesus is the reason for the season. No, oh. it's not. <laughs> oh. he, he has nothing to do <laughs> with this season. So uh, this is going to be part two uh, of of. Uh, Christmas and idolatrous holiday and today we're going to get into more pagan gods but we're going to focus on uh, one god in particular and that is Frigga. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about Friga. Um, So it's, give us a little bit of background of some of the stuff that we spoke about last week uh, before uh, we move forward. Just a short recap.
1: Yeah so Essentially, last week, what we uh, went over was the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful journey of Christmas and how, you know, we love to think that about Jesus being born in a manger with three wise men showing up at random being like, hey, yo, we got some gifts for this random kid. We we were out in the fields and we saw this star and then this angel came and it was like, hey, yo. Uh, your boy is about to get uh, be born all the way over there, and they were like, What? And it was like, Yeah, and they went over there. They was like, Oh snap! and Joseph was like, Who the hell are you guys? and they were like, Hey, yo, we, we just some three men who are also wise, we about, we're here to give some gifts to this kid. And it was like, Who are you guys again? and he was like, Yeah, that's pretty much um, what we went over, but in all seriousness. um, the um, what we went over was the fact that essentially all of that stuff was had nothing to do with Christ so mm-hmm. during that time uh, the festivals they usually celebrated was the Feast of Saturnalia which mm-hmm. was a pagan holiday that has its origins from Babylon and essentially everything about Christmas from the wreaths, from the lights to the um, just the overall The tree. The tree, we haven't even gotten, we haven't even picked up the tree yet. Like, mm-hmm. even gone full into the tree. We've went to, like a tidbit into the tree. And just mm-hmm. a lot of the festivities that, that festivities around mm-hmm. Christmas has pagan origins. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with Christ's It has nothing to do with him at all. So that's pretty much what we um what we went over. Just a cliff notes version. If you want to definitely go into more, like if you want more more detail, definitely listen to our previous show, and that way you'll be able to get caught up on everything. But that's pretty much just the overview of what we went over. It was just um, highlighting the fact that these things aren't what they seem, what we've been fed fed to us, especially with the idea of Santa Claus and how he actually. has origins that, you know, if you if people actually knew where he came from, people wouldn't be uh, uplifting him as much as they as much as they do now. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's just a, a a short background about what we got into last week. If uh, I encourage you to listen to uh, part one, uh, first, if you're hearing um part two and you haven't listened to part one go back and listen to part one it gives a little bit more context of what we're going to get into with part two so today we're going to start by talking about Friga. so I'm going to read a little bit of background information about Friga just so that you know who she is and we're also going to talk about how some of the things that um, she did it have been incorporated into Christmas over the years. Okay, so I'm going to um, read a little bit about Frigga, and again, in whatever platform you're listening on, the um, the links to this information is going to be in the description so that you can look this information up for yourself. But just off the top of my head, Frigga was Odin's wife, right? Um, right. She, she was the wife of Odin, uh, and she's also the uh, woman whom we named Friday after. So uh, Thursdays named after Thor, uh, Wednesdays named after Odin, Friday is named after Frigga. You know a lot of people don't know um, that basic stuff. And so Frigga was one of the top goddesses. Um, she was a Norse goddess, okay? And so, but let's talk about what she, her, um, contributions to Christmas. So let's go. Let's check it out. Um, so I'm going to start reading. Let's start right here. All right. In ancient Europe, um, this night of darkness, uh, referring to the winter solstice, um, It grew from the myths of the North's god, Frigga, also known as uh, Freya, F-R-E-Y-A. Frigga is spelled F-R-I-G-G-A. Who sat at her spinning wheel weaving the fates and the celebration was called the Yule. So. We talked about the Yule log and the Yule Tide last week. That's why we said go back. Listen to part one. We talked about the Yule. And so Frigga is also connected to the Yule, which is connected to Christmas, okay? And that comes from the Norse word Jule, J-U-L, meaning will. Now check this out. The Christmas wreath, a symbol adapted from Frigga's will of fate, reminds us of the cycle of seasons and the continuity of life. And so what Frigga did, where she used to uh, weave things out of her spinning wheel. And they said that this was her weaving the fates of the people that she knew. That's where the idea of the Christmas wreath comes from. So when you put your Christmas wreath outside of your door, you are actually honoring Frigga, who was a goddess a norse goddess and you are invoking cuz see we don't we don't talk about how the thing and this is this is something in church that 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 we we just simply don't discuss how if you do something that is connected to an idol you are invoking that idol or that spirit and so by wait. simply hanging a wreath go ahead wait, what wait, you say?
1: It, a, wait, so you mean to tell me that if I uh, do a festivity that honors another God, that means that I'm essentially obeying another God?
0: You are obeying another God. Have you heard people say, we get you got to get into the Christmas spirit? Yeah. They think that it's a spirit about Christmas, but it's really a spirit that is invoking these other gods. And I'm reminded of the Passover because we were commanded to put something on the doorpost, right? Mm-hmm. He was commanded to put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. And that would be a symbol or a sign to pass over so that uh, the most high would not kill those who were living in that house. But now what we put on our doorposts are Christmas wreaths, which is a sign for another God. Now, later on, we're going to get into some scriptures that deal with worshipping idols and following two gods but we're going to keep going but that's the first thing you need to understand about Frega she is the origin of the reef she is the origin of the christmas reef okay so let's keep going
1: and it's important to note that um like while while you're looking that up it's mm-hmm. important to note that um, whenever it comes to these pagan rituals we Can't afford to be as willfully ignorant as we have been throughout the decade or throughout Mm -hmm. the centuries. Mm -hmm. Like, you, I'm sure you've come across a lot of people who know that these are pagan rituals, but like, oh, well, I I just do it anyway. And it's like, you you do realize that that's not what we're supposed to do, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. well, and then insert excuse here, whether it be the usual to go to God knows my heart or they feel like you're judging them, or they feel as though, oh, well, um, and other excuses. But it's important to note that it's like, I'm pretty sure we went over this in previous lessons, but I'm just going to reiterate it anyway. Mm-hmm. Whenever it comes to uh, worship of any deity, uh, there's essentially guidelines that each one follows. It's mm-hmm. Got your deity and a deity usually has a set of rules a set of holy days a set of rituals and a sacred text that they abide by and and if you are like whether it be you're Islam or Buddhist or Hindu you abide by those things whenever you have a, essentially a, a religion who has a book that they don't even encourage you to read, has a set of holy days that they don't even adhere to because they don't even read the book that the holy days are in. They have a set of laws that they don't adhere to because they don't read the book that it's in. You essentially have to now dig into, okay, since you don't read the text and you're essentially encouraging lawlessness, we got to point to, all right, which deity encourages lawlessness? All right, since you don't adhere to the ho- holy days that your book says, all right, let's look at the holy days that you do celebrate. Okay, who mm-hmm. are those holy days honoring? Okay, so once you essentially get the answers to those questions, then you have a clear indicator of, all right, you don't really worship this deity, because if you did, you would actually honor what they're telling you to do. You don't see, like I said before, you don't see Muslims um, reading the Quran and saying uh you know what I'm cool on Ramadan I'm just gonna um do this uh, Buddhist holiday no right. it's like, no this is what we do right. you don't see uh Hindus saying hey yo I you know what? Uh, I know I'm supposed to do this but you know what I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna celebrate Kwanzaa. and it's like right. uh, no that, that's not what they do it's like they follow what they believe and they like they will essentially listen to what you gotta say, but they're like, look, I ain't I ain't on that. Whereas mm-hmm. with Christianity, it's a holy holiday where we have things in our book, but then we'll not will, but they'll essentially say, hey yo, I understand that this is in the book, but that's in that one section that we don't even pay attention to unless it you know suits our worldview. Oh uh, mm-hmm. we'll take the man but so we'll leave the uh, we'll leave Passover but we'll take Psalms but we'll, we'll leave some of Psalms. We will we, we'll take some of Psalms. We'll take the, we don't want the other stuff in Psalms, you know, the, the not so nice stuff that actually tells us to follow the law. So mm-hmm. whenever, whenever you see this type of contradiction, you have to get, you have to narrow down the one thing that's been consistent. You see all of these contradictions with the text. Oh, well, we listen to one thing, but not the other. Oh, we do some things, but not the, this. We'll discredit the things that we don't agree with, but uplift the things that we do. Okay, that's a watch. What's the one thing that you guys do that's actually consistent every year that I don't even have to think about? Oh, holidays. All right, since that's the w- number one thing that nobody tries to dispute. Like nobody tries to get out of a celebrating Christmas. Nobody tries to get out of celebrating all of these pagan holidays and pagan rituals and just completely ignore that fact all right let's narrow down what these days or who exactly these days honor once you find that out then it's like all right it's clear that this is the this is the deity that you actually worship or you're providing me with lip service on who you think that you're worshipping so it's always important to um, not only dig deeper but it's also Really important for yourself to know who it, what it is that you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. The reason why these things, like why the most high said that, hey, yo, I hold these as a statute forever is because that's something that we're supposed to be doing on a cons- not only something that we're supposed to be doing on a consistent basis in order to honor him, but these deities um are immortal essentially. They're eternal. So why would he say, "Hey, yo, I will. I'll only give you guys. You don't. You only have to celebrate these uh, Passover for like 27 years, and then you could go on and do your own thing." No, he's still gonna be around, just like all these mm-hmm. other days. They're still gonna be around. So why would they give you a finite amount of time for you to celebrate them and honor them? That don't make sense. So whenever you essentially, whenever you go into these holy well, holy days, these holidays this holiday season, you have to dig deeper. There's always a why behind whatever it is that this nation tries to push on you. And and the thing is, whenever that day comes where you do pass or whenever that day comes when judgment is upon us, whenever that day comes that you're essentially in front of the Most High and you got an answer to that. That's not going to be a valid excuse. Well, you know, I thought it was honoring you. But uh, but it wasn't. Didn't you, read the, didn't you read the instructions? Didn't you read the book? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I only read half of it. What do you mean you only read half? Oh, well, I only read the New Testament. They told me not to read the Old Testament. What sense does that make? Mm-hmm. Like I, Before we get into it, that's something that I never understood. You sit here and say, hey, look, we give it, we're we giving you the 700-page book, but I only re- want you to read pages four hundred Onward, and just to completely ignore one uh, pages one to three ninety nine, just completely ignore that. Imagine your teacher t- coming up to you in algebra and saying, "Hey yo, I'm here's your textbook. I want you. I know that there's twenty seven chapters in it. I need you to start at chapter sixteen. That's the only important part that we're. But I don't know like the, I don't. I don't even know the stuff of da da da. That all that stuff's not important. We're starting at chapter sixteen. And this is your this is not like you took a algebra class before. This is your first stint in algebra. Now you are essentially like, Hey, yo, we're starting at chapter 16 and we're just gonna move forward. What sense does that make? You're you know for a fact that you're not getting the full understanding or the foundation of anything that you're about to learn because you're starting at the middle of the book, text middle to the end of the book, completely missing out on the beginning. If you wouldn't accept that with your teacher, with your schooling, with your child going to any school, why do you choose to accept that when it comes to the thing that you believe in? That, that's all I got. I,
0: I think that the reason why is is honestly it's the, it's the same thing when it comes to the context of these holidays. Like if we're talking about Christmas. We're told Christmas is about um, his son's birth. We're told that you know we're supposed to give gifts because you know he gave gifts the shepherds gave brought him gifts and you know it's about celebrating his birth that's what we're told but that's what we've been cele- that's what we've been told to celebrate over the past you know few hundred years if you look before that as like you were saying before at the origin of the book or the origin of the story the tree was about nimrod and tammuz The gift Mm -hmm. exchange was about bringing gifts to Nimrod and Tammuz. His birthday was not on December 25th. And we're actually going to get into that um, in a little bit because we're going to talk about how December 25th was declared his birthday. And it was declared to be celebrated almost 400 years after he came and died. And so just the fact that what we look at now when it comes to Christmas, This is what we do. This is why we do it. We do it for family. We do it because, you know, it's just a good time of the year and we feel good when we give each other gifts. But its origin is in something wicked and sinister. And in doing that, even though our intentions are not to um, do the wicked and sinister things that um, these gods um, wanted us to do, we're still honoring that and honoring them and worshiping them by acting on what they told us to act on. And so Mm -hmm. with that, with that being said, at the end of the day, you have to go back to the origin of everything, the origin of the word, the origin of Christmas, the origin of Easter, the origin of whatever you practice to see whether or not it is something that is um, righteous, something that we're supposed to do or something that we're not supposed to do. Okay. So, When I'm looking at uh, Christmas and the different things of Christmas, so we talked about the wreath. Okay. So now we're going to talk about his birthday. Okay. Because that's all connected to the Yule, which is connected to Frigga. Okay. So uh, the timing. So again, I'm reading from uh, Druid's egg. Okay. The timing of the Christian celebration of the birth of Christ occurred in the Yule season is no coincidence. Christmas was once a movable feast celebrated many times, I'm sorry, celebrated many different times during the year. The decision to to celebrate uh, December 25th as the official date of Christ's birth was made by Pope Julius I in the fourth century AD. So we're talking hundreds of years after he came and died, hoping to replace the pagan celebration, the solstice celebration. Okay, so a pope just said, well, we're going to say his birthday is this date. Now, here's what else is interesting about this. Uh, Hoping to replace the pagan celebration with the Christian one, since this date coincided with the pagan celebrations of the winter solstice and the return of the sun gods occurring throughout the world. Now, Frigga had a son. Her son's name is, I think it's Balder. I think that's how you pronounce it. B-A-L. yeah. B-A-L-D-D-R-D-E-R. Yeah. Something like that. And he was considered a sun god. Okay. So here we go again. Frigga is connected to sun god worship. Okay. And so now let's keep going. Let's see. Here we go. So here's here's the part about the tree. Okay. That I want everybody to the listeners to think about because we're told well, well yeah many people know that the tree is pagan there, there's a lot of uh controversy about it but they don't really know what specifically the tree is about and how it is connected to paganism we're going to explain that real quick so numerous traditions derive from the earlier pagan celebrations yule celebrating the rebirth or, or birth of a god of light So that sounds like they just replaced Jesus with December 25th because there's a celebration of the God of light and he is called the light of the world. Did you know that there are other gods that are called the light of the world? Mithras is one of them. Mithras was celebrated 600 years before Christ and he was called the light of the world 600 years before that. And so here we go. Other gods that's connected to Christmas and the birthday of December twenty fifth. So let's keep going. Uh, he's the, the rebirth of a god of light, made use of fire both in candles and the burning of a Yule log. So we 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 get that. We talked about that last week. Now here we go about the tree. The Christmas tree has its origins in the practice of bringing a live tree into the home. So that the wood spirits would have a place to keep warm during cold winter months. Bells were hung in the limbs so that you could tell when an appreciative spirit was present. Food and treats were hung on the branches for the spirits to eat. And a five pointed star, the pentagram, the symbol of five elements, was placed at the top of the tree. So these pagans who worshiped and celebrated the Yule back in Frigga's day, back in Baldur's day, back in Tammuz's day. They brought the tree in so that the tree could be warm and the wood spirits. See, that tells me that the people who, or the pagans who did these practices, they knew that there were spirits connected to these practices because they said they invited, they brought the tree in so that the wood spirits would have a place to keep warm during the cold winter. So they're literally inviting these spirits into their house. To me, that Mm -hmm. says, when I bring a Christmas tree into my house, I'm inviting the same spirits that was connected to this paganism into my house. And I decorate the tree so that if, if, um, the the bell rings. That means a, that means a spirit is is pleased. And I put candy canes on the tree, and I put other little treats on the tree, so that it can give the spirits something to eat. Do you see how we're entertaining demons without knowing it, mm-hmm. just by doing the practices of Christmas? It's all about it's all about the Most High. It's all about God. It's all about His Son. But I'm still inviting wood spirits into my house. I'm still decorating the tree for the wood spirits. I'm still putting food on the tree for the wood spirits. I'm still placing a pentagram. I'm, I'm making this extravagant thing for these spirits. And then I have to look at the word and I have to ask myself, Most High, did you ever tell us to cut down a tree, decorate it, bring it into our house and look at it? As though it was something beautiful. Did you ever tell us to do anything like that? For any reason? According to his word, the answer is no. So then I have to ask myself, okay, if that's the case, then why am I doing this? Am I doing this because this is something that I want to do? Or am I doing this because everybody else is doing it? I want to look up a scripture real quick. Because I'm going to show how the most high is not pleased with the things that we do for Christmas and us making excuses for it. Is you got something to say while I'm trying to find the scripture real quick?
1: Yeah, it's, um these are the things, these are the things that really, really, really need to be highlighted. Because I'm sure there's, some, there's somebody, and maybe somebody listening, maybe somebody presented this idea to you where you were probably just one day celebrating Christmas and you're like, where did all this stuff come from? Like, I don't remember us talking about a tree in the word. I don't remember us talking about a wreath. They didn't even mention a wreath. Where, where did we get this star from? All right, the light of the world thing. and. Okay, but it's important for you to ask these questions so you won't be led astray, so you won't continue to just delve into traditions and nostalgia because a lot of times, the reason why you're still doing these things despite the fact that you're having these questions is because of nostalgia. It reminds you of a better time when you were probably younger, chilling with your grandparents or your family, and you guys were enjoying those special moments where you got that favorite game console that favorite toy or something like that, and everything built, quote unquote, right. But now that you're older, and you're essentially living your own life, you're probably having these questions of, I mean, why, why, why are we doing this? Why, why the, the incessant need on consumerism around this time? Like, this don't feel like it's the spirit of Christmas, quote unquote. This feels like something else. And that's the thing. It's always been something else. <laughs> you, they, mm-hmm. they never told you that it was it, and it's not even, not even from a malicious side because your family may have just been doing what they grew up with a lot of this stuff has been hidden and or just flat out somebody just flat out lied to you they mm-hmm. knew that it was about something else and they just opted to not even tell you that it was about something else because it, something was in it for them but these are the things that's a really important for you to learn for yourself. Because there's gonna like these things are just that important. If it wasn't important, then why then why is there such a need to not be for essentially society to not even be a front with you and let you know that this isn't like that this has nothing to do with Christ? Mm-hmm. Why why the incessant need to just keep doing what just um Continuing these traditions, knowing dang well this has nothing to do with the Bible. Mm
0: -hmm. So that that that's absolutely true. Because when you realize that certain things that we do that we honor are not connected to the Word, at that point, then you have to start rationalizing in your head. Well, why do you do this? Okay. And so then you have to look at what the word says. And so there's a specific scripture in Jeremiah. I'm I'm trying to find it. I can't find it. It just popped in my head. But the scripture talks about the vain imaginations of their own heart. And so he said, you, you, you've done wickedly in serving idols. But not only have you done that, you have done what is in your own heart. I, I can't find this, in, I know it's in Jeremiah, but that scripture popped in my head because that's what we do when it comes to making excuses for why we celebrate Christmas and these other days. When we understand that it's not about the Most High, then we start imagining, well, this is why I do it. And we start rationalizing, "Why well, I do it because of this and I do it because of that. Then you're starting to use the vain imaginations of your own heart, which the most high rebuked in his word. He said, don't do that. He said, don't do what's in your own heart. Do what I told you to do. Didn't he say that the heart is deceitful among all things, above all things? Who else Mm -hmm. can judge it? Who else can contain it? Your heart will deceive you. And that's why it's so important. To obey his instructions. Because when we follow our heart, our heart has us tripping off of our emotions and how we feeling. And, and he, he, the most high, don't care about what you feel because you are human. You are a flawed human being. He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his thoughts above our thoughts and his ways above our ways. He knows that your thoughts are futile. He knows that your ways are futile. That's why he gave you his thoughts and his ways for you to aspire to. But our response is, well, let me make up a vain imagination. He said, your your way is way down here. Your thoughts are way down here. I'm way up here. I'm trying to bring you up to a higher level so that you can understand. I mean, think about it. I'm the creator of heaven and earth. So if anything goes down here in this realm, it has to go down by my authority. And so why would you stoop to your own vain imaginations instead of following the instructions that he gave? Because at the end of the day, it's not about what we think and what we feel. It's about what he said. And he told us, the Negro man and woman, the true Israelite who's been scattered to the four corners of the earth he said, do not follow after the ways of the other nations. They are futile. They will be a snare to you. They will entrap you. And I I contest that Christmas has been a snare to us. Here's the reason why. It has us putting our faith in practices and ways and ideas so that we can feel better about ourselves rather than doing what we're supposed to do, which is keeping his commandments, which will bring us the salvation that we have so longed for. Keeping the ways of the Gentiles have indeed become a snare to us because they've caused us to turn away from the commandments of the Most High. When we celebrate Christmas, we don't have to celebrate Passover. Or we celebrate Thanksgiving, we don't have to do Feast of Unleavened Bread. Or we keep Easter, we don't have to do um, Pentecost and other things of that nature. And, and, and it's like you're you're saying that well because you do these things you don't have to do this when even though you celebrate christmas thanksgiving easter all these other holidays you're still in bondage you're still under the authority of another people and you're following the ways of that people when i gave you ways that are higher than those people and you reject me for them then yes it's gonna it's a snare to you Because you have put yourself in bondage. Willingly. Mentally, willingly, just accepting bondage because you are comfortable in what you've always done, even though it has not brought you any type of peace, any type of liberation, any type of truth. And then when you find out that it's connected to pagan gods, you rationalize. Well, I do it because of this. I do it because of that. I don't do it because of the paganism. I don't do it because of it's connected to idol worship.
1: Well, our, that tied and truth thing, well, I, I don't know what they do, but in this household, I yep. do this because it, it yep. ain't about you. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it ain't about you. Like, who cares what you do uh, on this particular day and how you celebrate this particular day? You're not supposed to be celebrating it. That's mm-hmm. the point. <laughs>
0: That's the bottom sit, line.
1: You you can't sit up here and say, hey yo, look. Uh I know what I know what this looks like with uh trying to explain to your wife why this other woman's in your bed. Look, I know what this looks like. <laughs> uh, but I know that you may see this as cheating, but you know what I was thinking was, you know, I was just doing a test drive because I was mm-hmm. prepping for when you got come on, bro Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what conceived, contrived lie that you try to come up with to convince yourself that what you, the wicked deed that you did, was righteous. It's still wrong. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be doing it in the first place. So you can't ex- try to excuse your way out of celebrating these holy days by saying, "Hey, yo, look, I don't know what I don't know the paganism. I just do it with my family." Uh, right. That, that's the you. are still celebrating it. That doesn't mm-hmm. matter. If you're like, oh, it's not to this God. All right, cool. Let. All right. You know what? We'll take. We'll take this. It's not. You don't do it because you don't. You don't even know who Nimrod is. Okay. So you don't even know who Nimrod is. But this wreath has something to do with it. This tree has something to do with it. The star has something to do with it. These gifts has something to do with it. The lights have something to do with it. Oh, okay. Some of these carols have something to do with it. These songs have something to do with it. You go to church on this day. But this has something to do with it. But you don't like. You don't pay attention to Nimrod and all that stuff. You just do all of the things that honor him. But, you, but it's not about him, though. It's about this other person. Even though you do all of the things that honors him, but not the person that you claim that is supposed to honor. Right. Okay. See, see how foolish that sounds? Mm-hmm. But yet we allow ourselves to get duped into this type of illogical thinking year after year after year, knowing dang well that this is not something that we should be doing. Or even at the least, there's something wrong. There's something not right about this. Where you see, you see that there's something there's like, no, that this, there's something in your spirit, there's just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. This doesn't seem like this has anything to do with what it is that they're saying that I'm doing, but you're continuing to do it anyway. And it's, I understand, we, we both understand, it's hard to essentially, <clears throat> away, or at least start to question something as foundational as your faith. Because you don't have, it's not even a matter of, oh, you know, I'm afraid of what I might find. It's not so much that you're afraid of the things that you do find. What is that going to say about the people that taught you that, Mm -hmm. who led you astray? Because that's going to speak on them as well, because you're going to start questioning, why did they lie to me? Did Mm -hmm. they know? And it's it's going to destroy your worldview, but these are the things, these are the hard questions that you have to look inward and outward for yourself so Mm -hmm. you don't continue to be led astray by all of this pageantry of the holidays, because it may just be, it not may, it is your snare and it has Mm -hmm. been our downfall and Mm -hmm. you can't keep continuing on this path. If you truly want to get close to the most high, then actually read what he said, because especially in the old Testament, He pretty much said what he said. There's no philosophizing about it. There's no, oh, well, you know, he said this, but what he really meant was, no, he was plain. He -hmm. was plain today. Forever is not something that typically ends. You know that, so don't try and condition your dog. If you said that this was something that was supposed to be done forever, then it typically meant that 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 was it. That that was it, the end. There was no forever with the exception of uh, 8 o'clock i 53. No, there, there was no, there was nothing no caveat, no a caveat. Oh, I said what I said about these things. That's it. No more. No add to it. Boom. He's been conditioned in thinking that Ayo, we have the authority to change what he said. We have the authority to just say, hey, yo, I know he said this, but we're just going to do this anyway. But then in the same speak, say that he has all the authority. Does it see a lot of the things that we've been taught just doesn't make sense and it's up to you as the listener as the believer to start challenging these things and start turning away from those things and go forge a new path which is essentially a return to the old
0: mm-hmm. I, I, I mean the the simple fact that all of this stuff was hidden from us. That should speak volumes because we're told one thing. This is what Christmas is for. This is what this is for. This is what that is for without being told its origin.
1: Mm.
0: Why these things are done. Why these things are practiced. I mean, think about it. Churches all over America bring Christmas trees into the, quote, house of God. They are bringing wood spirits into the house of god they are inviting outside spirits in spirits that the most high does not approve of spirits that are honestly demons and we are about to get into some scriptures that talk about that these, these spirits that are demons bringing them into the most high decorating it for the idols do you think that the most high is pleased with that knowing that its origin is directly connected to the Gentiles and their idols that they worship when his word says, do not follow the ways of the Gentiles. Do you think that 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 pleases him? If you follow the ways of the Gentile, but you say, well, I'm doing it for God. No, you're not doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself. And it's funny because I said that this scripture popped into my head. I actually wrote the scripture down and didn't even realize it. And so what we're going to do now We got about 18 minutes left. We're going to get into some scriptures that talk about us as a people and how we as a people were put into a place where we're we're going to serve other gods and not even know it. So the first one is Deuteronomy 28, verse 64. Now, Deuteronomy 28, that has all the curses, the curses of the children of Israel for disobeying his commandments for disobeying his Torah. So around verse 15 and 16, that's where the curses start. So I encourage you to read that on your own time later next year, probably toward the beginning of the year. We're going to do a few podcasts on the actual curses and connect them to what we have gone through as a people here in uh, America and even scattered all over the world. But uh, Deuteronomy 28, 64 says, then Yah will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other and there you shall serve other gods which neither you nor your fathers have known wood and stone so yes, I only know one type of people that's been scattered all over the world I only know one and they look like me they, they talk like me they, they have melanin like me you know they, they, they put us in the same neighborhoods and they call us a whole bunch of stuff. They call us Negroes. They call a bunch us
1: by words.
0: Yeah. By words, niggas, dindus, African Americans, black. Those are the only people that I know who've been scattered from one end of the earth to the other. But then the scripture says they will serve other gods that neither you nor your fathers have known. Our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, our fathers, Moses, our fathers enoch Methuselah, noah the prophets they served the elohim of heaven and earth the creator of heaven and earth they didn't serve these other guys so gods that neither you nor your fathers have known wood and stone and when i think about that you know i think about wood and stone and i actually i actually did a study of uh what all the scriptures talk about serving wood and stone he's simply saying You're serving something that was man-made. You're serving something that I didn't create. And that goes directly back to every man following the imagination of his heart. See, it's your heart's desire to do this. And so this is what you're going to do. And so you're going to serve something that's man-made, wood and stone. think it's a coincidence that we bring wood into our house during the Christmas season and decorate it and set it up. You think that's a coincidence?
1: You think that's a coincidence that in every church there is a wooden cross? Oh, wait, hold up. That's the wrong lesson. That's, that's <laughs> a, man, another,
0: another lesson. Yeah, that's another lesson. My bad. Another lesson. The awesome. cross is an idol as well. But all of it, all of this wood and stone, things that we honor in Christianity, that's really connected to, according to the Word, other gods, false gods. Let's keep going. Here's the next one. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 27 and 28 then Yahuwah will scatter you among all people so it sounds like what he said in Deuteronomy 28 he will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth to the other wait a minute no that's not what it says That's a, hold on <laughs> I, I copied and pasted the wrong scripture let me look it up real quick <laughs> I know it's Deuteronomy 4 because I'm like wait a minute that sounds exactly like what we just said wait <laughs> All right, Deuteronomy 4, 27 and 28, let's see. Okay, here we go. 27, and Yahuwah will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where Yahuwah will drive you. That's that's definitely true here in America. We, we, we They always talk about, well, y'all only 13, 14% of the population. So, verse 28, 28, There you will serve other gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But listen, check verse 29. But if from there you will seek Yahuwah, your Elohim, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. with all your soul so he's saying you're serving these other gods but at a certain point you're supposed to turn from serving those other gods and seek him meaning do his instructions because when you keep christmas and easter and these other other sacred days and sunday worship and things of that nature when you keep those things you're not seeking after them in your in your mind you're not saying i'm doing this because i'm seeking other gods That's simply the thing that you do, That's you're following the instructions of those gods, which means you seek them. So then when you turn from those instructions and then follow the instructions of the most high, then that means you seek him, you seek his ways, you seek his heart, you seek his instructions. So when he says turn and seek him, turn and follow him, he's literally saying, stop doing the instructions that you're currently doing. Start doing these instructions. The instructions that I gave you in his word, in his Torah, in his law. The instructions from the beginning that we're going to keep reiterating and keep saying the same instructions that nowhere Jesus said that they done away with. He didn't say it. So those same instructions. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Now, this is the one I was looking for that I forgot that I wrote down. This is Jeremiah chapter 16. Verses, we're going to read verses 10 through 13 again. Look at all of these scriptures in their context. Read the entire chapter. even read the chapter before so you get the full context of what the scripture is saying. So here, Jeremiah is talking to his people. Remember, Jeremiah was a prophet to Israel, I'm sorry, to Judah, when they were in captivity in Babylon. I don't think it's an accident that we're now in mystery Babylon and you have prophets and watchmen saying essentially the same thing. Listen to what he says, verse 10. And it shall be, when you show this people all these words and they say to you, why has Yahuwah Pronounce all this great disaster against us, all of these curses and, and things of that nature that, that have come against us. Listen to what his response is. Or you say, what is our iniquity or what is the sin that we have committed against Yahuwah, our Elohim? Like, what have we, What are we doing that's not right before him? The most High says, Jeremiah, this is what you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, says Yahuwah. They have walked after other gods and have served them and have forsaken me and have not kept my law. So there you go. First thing, why, why are we getting punished? Why are we under these curses? Why are we going through all this stuff? Your fathers have forsaken me and have not kept my law. Now look at what he says to the people. You have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one Follows the dictates of his own evil heart so that no one listens to me. Does that not sound like exactly what we talked about when we said, Well, people just make excuses for why they celebrate this and why they do that, even though they know that it's for other gods? He said, mm-hmm. The worst thing you could do is do it because you want to do it. You're not only serving other gods. But now you're serving yourself. Now you have made yourself an idol. You have made yourself a god because you're doing what you want to do. You're going after the dictates of your own heart. Let's be honest. The reason why people keep Christmas is because they want to do it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. It's because they want to do it. You are following the dictates of your own heart. And he said, that's even worse than what your fathers did. And look at what he said in verse 13. Therefore, I will cast you out of this land into a land that you do not know. Neither you and your fathers. And there you shall serve other gods day and night. And I will not show you favor. If that's not the black man or black woman, I don't know what it is. Because our ancestors served other gods, he said, the punishment is that you and your children, your descendants, will go and they will serve other gods in a land that is not theirs. Sounds like America. Sounds like all these other nations where we're scattered. And we will serve other gods night and day. And we will not be shown any favor. See, he said, the reason why you do, why I'm doing this to you, because you forsook me and you forsook my law. This is why we keep harping. We have to return back to what he said. We have to return back to his law. The punishment that he gave us that we are still experiencing to this day is because we forsook his law. And that is directly connected, not only connected, but directly connected to our worship of these holidays, our celebration of these holidays and this paganism, and our lack of celebrating his days, his feasts, his Sabbaths, they are directly connected. And so, if we say that we love the Most High and that we want to follow his ways, we got to start keeping the law, we got to start keeping the commandments. Ain't no law in the Torah about keeping Christmas. Not one. Ain't no instruction about bringing a tree in your house and decorating it. Ain't no instruction about celebrating the birth of his son. We show that came 400 years after he died by, by a pope, a Catholic pope. A man who the Most High didn't even call. The Catholic Church is not what we're supposed to be following, what we're supposed to be doing. Even though many Christians simply ignore the fact that Christianity came directly from underneath the Catholic Church. Directly from underneath the Catholic Church. 80% of what Christians believe is the same thing that Catholics believe. 80% of what they follow is the same thing that Catholics follow. Without acknowledging the fact that these people who made these decisions, they did not consult the Most High. They hated his word. They hated his law. And therefore accepted all of these other pagan ways and idolatry. And have convinced us, his true chosen people, to follow them, the Gentiles, and not keep his law. We got to get back to it, y'all. It's the only way we're going to get up out of this. The only way we're going to get up out of this mess. Let me, and we can get into um, a little bit of current events uh, at this point. But, you know, when we look at what's going on in the world, People have been preparing for this for decades. Gentiles have been preparing for this for decades. Yes, they've been buying guns.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They've been buying ammo. I'm talking about
1: Bu- thousands
0: food. of rounds, piles and piles of this stuff. Buying food, storable food, stocking up on water, getting land, fortified. They, they, they've been preparing for this stuff. Now, the Most High said in uh, Isaiah 13. That when he does his in judgment on these people, they got to come up against an army that they won't be able to do nothing with. He said the army that they go up against will not be able to be killed by the sword. That means their guns will be powerless against them. And so I, I don't say that to say. Don't you know buy guns or whatever I have. Yeah, <laughs> I say that to say don't don't buy guns. But what I'm saying is that will not save you. That will not deliver you all the food that they that they storing up, it will not save them, it will not rescue them. The only thing that will deliver people from the judgment that has already begun is keeping the commandments of the Most High. Think,
1: think it, about like, ahead. think about this. It's the num. It's the one thing that we've actively been taught not to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, whenever we like, because a lot of the things wouldn't really go down if we actually follow the commandments. If we actually to the to the word, like the turn the other cheek stuff, that was something that was philosophized because if you actually put it yep. in context, that's not what it meant. We've yep. we've been taught to be passive when there have been countless. There's so many examples in the word about people standing up for themselves and rising Mm -hmm. is we would even accept that notion. We call the most high a mighty man of war, but we're afraid to go to war. Mm -hmm. We call David. He, he was a fighter as well, but we're afraid to fight. We think that our fight is just supposed to be consistently protesting or not really doing anything, waiting on the most high to do something when he gave us power to do it ourselves. And Mm -hmm. just call on him for essentially reinforcements, like divine reinforcements. Like we, like, whenever we are told, whenever we were like, oh, yeah, we should really just consider like doing some of the stuff in the Word, we are actively taught, hey, oh, nah, we're not supposed to do that stuff. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to do other nice stuff. And it's been wrong. All Mm -hmm. of it's been wrong. We should, like, we like we really should take a deeper look into not even that deep, just following the commandments. Just, just yeah. follow what he says. Just follow mm-hmm. exactly what he says. So it's like like one of the things that he said it's not grievous either. He says that in uh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: he like they're not grievous. We we keep hyping it up like oh man, you know, we gotta uh, followed all these laws, all these rules. Bruh, it's not that deep. It, it's, it's like all of the stuff that you're probably already doing, you're probably already mm-hmm. doing the stuff that it states. The thing is, you've been conditioned into thinking that it's grievous when it's not. Mm-hmm. Like You've been conditioned into thinking, ayo, this, uh, the Sabbath is on the Sunday. You've been conditioned in, into thinking that the Ten Commandments, ayo, we're supposed to do that but we're not supposed to keep the feast. We're not supposed to, even though it's ironic, because in the same book, it talks about, hey, yo, this is how you keep the Sabbath. Hey, yo, this is what you're supposed to do on the Sabbath. But we don't keep the Sabbath. Even though in the same book that you get the Ten Commandments where it says, hey, yo, you're supposed to keep the Sabbath, and they explain how to keep the Sabbath, you are actively taught that, hey, yo, that ain't even the Sabbath. This other day's the Sabbath. where they do that at? Like, mm-hmm. you look like you are essentially being purposefully misled. And it's time, it's it's that time for you to just say, nah, enough. I'm going to look into this word myself and actually do what it is, what it says that it, that I'm supposed to be doing. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the times the the notions that people have about the book is taken completely out of context. A lot of the thing where they say, Oh, well, the the book, the Bible condones this, this, and this, bruh. If you actually looked at it in context, you will realize that that that's not what that says. It mm-hmm. really means this. I'll, I'll um, even highlight one thing that I hear every every single time. Oh, well, the Bible condones rape. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, 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 whenever they quote, whenever they give you the scripture, they only give you the verse and they don't not only they don't even give you the context. It's important to get the context. And, and this is going to be further on down the line, it's important to even read things, like, read the things that were taken out of the word, and we Mm -hmm. just say, well, we don't even count this, like, the apocrypha or the epigrapha, because some of the stuff that um, was taken out, like, um, some of the stuff that's taken out, it it will add additional context to it. So, it's important for you to know for yourself and not take, like, heck, don't even take our word for it, just read the word yourself just mm-hmm. all we're trying to encourage you to do and if you don't take away anything else from this lesson just read the word no no oh well let me ask my pet pa- no no oh well uh i'm gonna start philosophy no. no 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 philosophy no overthinking just read the word for yourself all of those go back to those uh popular passages that you typically go to and read the full book in context. Mm-hmm. I'll go to actually open up the Old Testament and actually start reading. Go mm-hmm. to the, what the feasts are. Go to where the uh, Sabbath is. Go to these things that you've had questions for for the longest time, but you were afraid to know the answer to. And you mm-hmm. will have to realize that a lot of the things have just been hidden. And I pray that the Most High will just... uh. Take the veil off of your eyes so you can actually see what it is that's being presented to you, because it, it's it's time to stop this. It's time. To, yep. It's time to stop this. This has been going on for far too long, and it's about time that we knew for ourselves what's really going on. This isn't mm-hmm. about no. This isn't no all uh, tin foil And We're like, hey, yo, you know, uh, uh we're brother Shabazz, Malik Shabazz, Allah. <laughs> here talking about how uh, baloney is the devil's work and that if you read the Bible, that means that you condone. But no, we're not doing any of that stuff. We don't have time to do that. And mm-hmm. you feel coming like a foil for that will be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I can be wrapped up with that. So it's just important. It's just, we just can't stress this enough that it is time for the deception to stop. And yeah. the first step is For you to stop choosing deception. Mm
0: -hmm. Choosing to be. Ignorant about. What the most High said. And. You know it's it's funny because. Yahushua said. Blessed is he. Who is not offended. By me. Meaning. Blessed is he who can listen to what my word says and it not hurt him or make him upset and angry. When I I think about that, you, you, you have to understand that if his word is offensive to you, it is because You are doing something that is offensive to him. And that's where you have to be careful, because when I look in Matthew 13. When he talks about the parable of the wheat and the tares. He said in verse 39, the enemy who sold the tares, is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. And those who practice lawlessness, lawlessness meaning not keeping the law. And so when he says he gathers out of his kingdom all things that offend, I want you to ask yourself, Is it offensive to you that we're telling you to keep the most High's instruction? Is it offensive to you that we're saying, stop celebrating Christmas? Stop keeping the Sabbath on Sunday. Stop calling him a name that he never said to call him. Stop celebrating all of these other holy days. Start keeping his Sabbath on his day the way he told us to. Start keeping his feasts. Is that offensive to you? If it is, you have to be careful. Because according to his word, you're getting gathered outside of the kingdom. See, this is why the Most High said, a broken and contrite heart I will despise. See, I will not despise. See, it's, it's it's different when someone reads you something and shows you something and you get offended. It's different when that's your response. Or if your response is someone reads you something and shows you something and you become sorrowful, you say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I've done it. Oh, my gosh, look at what I've done. Remember what he said about the uh, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector? He said that the, the Pharisee said, well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not like these other sinners. And then he said the tax collectors, he, he didn't even go. Into the temple. He just stood outside by the gate, put his hand on his chest and didn't even look up and said, just forgive me. I'm a sinner. That one was the one who's had a heart that was not offended, but it was a heart of sorrow, a heart of repentance. He said, this is the one that will find mercy when the time comes for him to enter the kingdom. So if these words offend you, And they upset you. You need to check the condition of your heart. Because all we're telling you is what the Most High said. We're not telling you our opinion. We're not telling you what we think about this or what we think about that. We're telling you what the Word said. We're showing you where this idolatry came from. The Christmas idolatry. That's what we're showing you. If that offends you, you need to check the condition of your heart. And make sure that your heart is ripe so that the most high can change it. Because he told you if you don't keep his commandments, you're not getting in. All right. So that's we're gonna close it there. Um, we got one more, we got one more podcast about Christmas. We're gonna talk about uh um, some more pagan gods. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mithras. You know, but uh, at the end of the day, is these lies got to stop, man.
1: Ew. The lies got
0: the, to stop.
1: The more we dig in, the more I just, I'm just exhausted. Not exhausted mm-hmm. at talking about it, because I love talking about it, but it's just exhausting because it's like, bro, we've been dealing with this for so long, and I know, I know, I know, for a fact that people that a lot of people have these type of questions, but it's either they just don't want them answered or when they even step on the path of trying to get them answered, they immediately veer off because they they have this. no They have the uh, thing that I stated earlier, they're afraid of what they might find yep. because they and if you if you're having that feeling of being afraid of what you might find. Then that means you know that you're not supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. You know that you're not supposed to be doing this. If you're if why why do you need to be afraid of the truth? The mm-hmm. truth you don't need to be fear, fearful of the truth.
0: The truth is supposed to set you free.
1: Yeah, but you're afraid of freedom mm-hmm. because you you're afraid of what that will cost you. Mm-hmm. It may cost you a relationship, it may cost you a friendship, it may cost you reputation, it may cost you rapport. It may cost you uh, a position. It may yep. cost you a lot of things, but then um, Mashiach say something about um, oh, whenever, yeah. whenever you sure um, go down this path, and what it will cost you. Mm-hmm. That he he did not come to be bring peace, but a sword. Mm-hmm. That's what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like being on this path isn't supposed to be. Because once you're on this path and you actually start seeing what it is that is required of you in a land that is geared towards doing the exact opposite, that's when you really start saying like, "Oh, this is this is what he meant <laughs> by, by this. this." We're not even saying that this, like this is going to be easy for you. It's not. It's <laughs> not.
0: It's not he didn't say it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, war- he was giving you warning signs. I'm sure that you was in church like, oh, man, we're supposed to be persecuted by the da And then you probably walked through life wondering when the persecution would start. As they were pointing off, hey, yo, this missionary in uh, Chebekistan, this country with like 57 people in a village, oh, man, he got hemmed up there. That's the persecution. Really? Come on, bro. <laughs> come, come on. <laughs> but it's But when you actually start getting the answers that you seek and you actually start going on the path that he says, then it will become revealed to you like, yo, this is what he was talking about. But Mm -hmm. like we said before, don't Mm -hmm. take our word for it. Look, we we just some we just some black people with a podcast that's just Mm -hmm. talking about word. What's important for you to do if you don't, like we said before, if you don't take anything else. Just read the word for yourself and just seek the most high and understand. And if he chooses to uncover your eyes, I pray that he does. If he does, hallelujah. And that you just repent for uh, pretty much the deception that you were in and then just continue down this path. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that it's going to be easy, but in his word he definitely said it's going to be worth it. So mm-hmm. so that's that, that's all I that's all I got for for that that's all I got to say about that just don't don't be fearful of getting the truth be fearful yeah. of you not getting the truth and then judgment comes mm-hmm. that, no excuse well I was afraid of what I might find well you're gonna find this like a fire that's what <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: You're going to be outside of the gate. You're going to be in the weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what you're going to find. You don't want to be like that all because you were afraid of making the hard decision now. Because you may be setting yourself up for a harder a harder decision later. Hmm. Or the decision just might be made for you.
0: He, He, he really did put it in our hands. You know, we, we keep saying the scripture, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will it be the Elohim or the God of your fathers? Or will you serve these other gods? Remember the scripture said in the last days we will serve gods that neither us nor our fathers knew. That means that the things that we're doing right now, not what we're supposed to do. You know, I, I'm I'm sitting here, and I'm gonna close with this. I'm I'm staring at Matthew chapter seven, and it says in verse thirteen, "Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate." And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. When you look around, everybody around you is celebrating Christmas. Everybody around you is um, just bringing in Christmas trees and doing all the Yule Tide stuff, and singing Christmas girls and doing all these other things. Everybody is doing what they want to do, whether they believe in God or not. He said, that's the wide gate. And that gate leads to destruction. But he said, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way. It is hard. It is hard. It does require a sacrifice. I've sacrificed a lot for this. A lot. Lost family. Lost some friends lost some money. It is difficult. But I found peace. Didn't have peace when I was in church. I was preaching. I was doing all types of stuff. Didn't have peace. Because something in me kept saying. Something ain't right. I didn't know what it was. But he showed me. This, this isn't my way. This isn't my way. This isn't me. This isn't me. And so, we're going to leave you with that. It will be difficult, but it will be worth it. Remember, the Most High is true. His word is true, but the church is a lie.